0: social unrest the state and the white house you are listening to the john petro show
1: you're listening to the john petro show folks it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at our website depietro.com. so i want to just uh sum up we're still trying to get some details but this whole um the media completely misrepresented um what had been said or the way it was reported i guess i should say the way it was reported regarding this um he was described as a missing uh child missing boy 11 years old christmas night well see the media loves they they love a missing person story right it gets more attention draws more attention more intrigue but what did what did we learn we have learned that they found this boy he was on providence family lives on atwell's avenue now let's let's pretend we would can't speculate about his immigration status or the mother's immigration status no one speaks english played that the other day but they found him basically down the street from his house so he wasn't missing on christmas night this 11 year old boy from what we understand from it's been reported he had an argument with his mother maybe upset that she wouldn't let him go out or what he got for christmas or whatever the problem was stormed out of the house he he wasn't even wearing shoes he was in socks and they found him basically within a 500 foot radius of where he lived providence police uh, fire involved statewide put out fbi got involved so that was saturday night now what i've heard is he was staying with his friends down the street he was gone sunday sunday they contacted the police so news hit on sunday and then monday and then today now we have heard it's been reported that the mother last night knew where he was but was embarrassed and then wanted the police to find him so the mayor goes rushing to the scene the providence police are on the scene let's play this is mayor Lorza, calls a press conference this is embarrassing they should be embarrassed he wasn't fun fa- he wasn't even found in a different section of the city it's basically found at the end of his street I, I you know i i i normally as many of you know i'm very supportive of law enforcement but like what is the drill who was anyone really looking for him who who is leading the 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 search ray charles or helen keller And the FBI was involved? Boy, that's refreshing. Boy, good thing he wasn't brought across state lines or, oh, I don't know, maybe he was in Cranston or Pawtucket. You couldn't find an 11-year-old who walked out of his own house without shoes on. He was in socks. How far did you think he was going to get? You couldn't find him? I could have found that little punk in an hour and a half this is just, and they they were all patting themselves on the back they took the kid to hasbro now there's something up because i have heard from someone at hasbro that the kid really was adamant he didn't want to go back into the house so i again now i don't know what's going on or this obviously sounds like a situation the dcyf should be involved in what was going on that on christmas night at 11 o'clock at night an 11 year old boy marches out of the house they couldn't find him they couldn't locate him who were his friends who lives around there are there adults that were putting him up do you know how much it cost all the man hours that were spent trying to find this 11 year old plus the fbi was involved plus the the a providence fire was then in the wood river and then the oh yeah you yeah yeah he's, he's he's in a car oh okay listen to Lorza, mayor alorza Afterwards, like, so proud of himself.
2: Worry for the worst, um, especially being a dad, having a family. Oh my God. Worry for the family, worry for the child. What? But thankfully, the child was uh, just found safe and sound.
1: On his own street. uh,
2: Transported over to
1: Hasbro Children's. Totally unnecessary. His mother's
2: joining him there. Um, he spent three nights outside.
1: Um, Let's see, Christmas you know, this night, is, uh, Sunday, Monday. So far, this
2: is about as good as we can hope He's for. with his friends. Look at this. Investigation? Making sure that, investigation. You know, we,
1: um, he wasn't missing. He was a um, runaway. Right oh, we had my God. What? Couldn't find from, him?
2: Uh, one of the houses back here that... It was a person sleeping in one of the cars, and lo and behold, uh, officers came and
1: yeah, it was the neighbor the
2: child safe and sound? So we're very thankful, uh, very, um, very happy to hear that. Um, so that's it for me for now.
1: Talk about an unsuccessful search. Forty people, forty people couldn't find this kid, and there was the mother on last night. Now I've heard she knew where he was last night and that's why then making this oh you know why don't you come home no we want him to hear the message and then come home i mean you have got to be kidding me my goodness so folks that is the latest how it came out and um i i don't think this is anything to brag about that's for sure all right you're listening to the john DePietro show heating season is here let J. Cale engineering design and install a natural gas high efficiency carrier infinity system energy efficient quiet and more affordable than you think if you're saying no gas guess what no problem let jkl engineering design and install a high efficiency heat pump system including ductless splits heats in the winter cools in the summer these units are so efficient it can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90 percent. they have the highest rebates in the market and they also do new installation replacement of high efficiency gas boilers jkl Carrier factory, authorized dealer, licensed, by the way, in both Rhode Island and Massachusetts for 55 years. J.K.L.'s reputation, second to none. Call J.K.L. Engineering today. Replacements, whether it's for a system replacement, oil to gas, or for a heat pump. Estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial. Call J.K.L. 401-351-7600. They do it right. They do it right the first time. This winter, you can depend on J.K.L. Engineering 401-351-7600. 401 351 7600 license in both Rhode Island and Massachusetts If you've been thinking
3: Two one two seven nine nine, or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com.
1: Folks, you're listening to The John DiPietro Show weekdays on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. There's an intriguing new book about the king, Elvis Presley, and joining us right now is the author. It's Sally Hodell. Sally, first of all, very impressed by the book. If you could just start off uh, the title, Destined to Die Young, How is it that you came about with that title?
3: Absolutely. Thanks, first of all, for having me on. I'm excited to talk with you today. Uh, The title was, you know, poetic in nature. I think there's been so much sensationalized stuff put out there about Elvis. I just wanted it to be genuine and sincere and informative, too. And and what I love about the cover, because you've seen it, is that, you know, his name doesn't have to be there at all. Right. And, you know, it's an Elvis book just by that image and that profile alone
1: you um i like how you decided and talked about um putting it out around christmas time because i mean like many people i have the christmas the uh, elvis christmas album i've actually visited graceland between christmas and new year's so i'm familiar with just how beautiful it was um what what was it about uh was christmas special to elvis
3: oh absolutely Elvis loved Christmas. I think part of that came from the fact that he grew up so poor and uh, went many Christmases without. So once he was able to pull his family out of poverty and provide for everyone, I think Christmas just became you know, that much more important and special to him because family really was his top priority.
1: I like how you go out of your way to clear up what you believe are a lot of misconceptions about Elvis. And let's start off with a big one that a lot of people believe— that it was just his lifestyle that led to his early death and and you write extensively that 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 was not the case
3: absolutely and you know back to the title of destined to die young i believe that elvis was destined to have a short life and his story has long been told as one of self-destruction in the pop culture world you know for sure and it really was a struggle to survive and by the time he passes in 1977, he's has disease or disorder in nine of the 11 systems of the body. And again, always written off as kind of the end result of lifestyle and the prescription medication problem. But my research shows there's evidence that at least five of those were pr- present prior to fame, most likely since birth, genetic in nature. Um, so again, the destined part is that I explore his family tree and his maternal grandparents were first cousins. It creates a lot of health issues for his mother and her siblings, many dying in their forties. And then Elvis dies in his forties as well similar issues and it stops being a coincidence
1: folks again was speaking with the author of the new book elvis destined beyond uh, die young it's a tremendous read the author is sally hodell and sally again i want to go back to the fact that you point out that he is um you know kind of depicted as uh the he's kind of put in the same category of like a a, a Jimi hendrix or a jim morrison or a janice joplin he was not on a path of self-destruction
3: the prescription medication became a problem because a lot of it does have tolerance issues. It has addiction issues, even the things he's taking for the elements that he knew he had. Uh, but, you know, it initially the question is, why does he turn to that medication in the first place? And he initially took it to hide and deal with a lot of the problems that made it difficult to be Elvis Presley. And it starts out with something that we think is rather simple, like insomnia. But he had lifelong insomnia. He takes medication for that. And it works. He has a serious colon problem, which causes incredible pain. He has a serious immune system issue, which was probably very little was understood about that in the 70s. And it really does create a lot of health issues for him. So he takes medication to not only treat these things, but also hide them because he didn't want to appear weak as a male in the 1970s. You know, and it worked. They've been buried for over 40 years. And all that most people know is that he had a problem with the prescription medication. So
1: was he was the king was Elvis? Um kind of a depressed Howard Hughes type figure you write that he was not this depressed recluse that a lot of people depict him as
3: yeah I don't see him that way and you know many times throughout his life he's on record even in the last couple years when things were difficult as saying I love being Elvis Presley I wouldn't want to be anyone besides Elvis Presley he prided himself on the fact that he pulled his family out of poverty and was able to keep them there I do think depression You know, he dealt with that from time to time, as we all do with life's ups and downs, and the kind of fame he had to live with was very difficult. Uh, But I think a lot of that... Uh, assumed depression or staying in his room especially during that last year more than he would have normally and being at graceland more often uh was really the end result of not feeling well not being able to do the things he wanted to do you know his performances changed a lot he used to be a very active karate move kind of thing on stage and and it really you know he started to stand still and and a lot of that is because of the pain and the issues he was dealing with so yeah i think that that was depressing in a way right to not be able to live and perform the way you want to and that's a different kind of depression than the howard hughes and you know mental illness kind of thing that he's kind of been painted with over the years
1: what did you think of the quote how after the beatles met elvis they they then appreciated and felt you know and they had said at least we have each other and there were four of them where elvis he was just he was alone what do do you what do you make of that quote and observation by the beatles
3: yeah. And, you know, I was fame. I always say it. His story is not one of self-destruction. It's a story of survival and first through that poverty, but then second through that extreme fame that no one had experienced before. And then, like you said, he was alone on that. And that's part of why he creates that bubble of people around him. So he can have some kind of normalcy in this very alternate universe, you know, that he's living in. So I think it's awesome that the Beatles were able to recognize that. And, uh, you know, I know I think they had a mutual respect between the between Elvis and the Beatles both huge acts right of the 50s and 60s and I'm so glad they were able to meet and I, I think they had a, a mutual respect
1: folks again we're speaking with Sally Hodell. the book is Elvis destined to die young Sally uh, before I ask you a little bit more about the book I am curious how has it been received and are there some things about it that that were important to you that really resonate with people
3: it's been very well received and I'm I'm happy for that because Elvis deserves this, right? Like Elvis is not just a rock and roll star. He is a historical figure. He culturally shifted the universe in a very, very big way. And if you look at the you know, the top ten songs on on the charts in nineteen fifty six and before Hound Dog hits and Don't Be Cruel, it's How much is that doggy in the window? And it's Perry Cuomo and you know, uh, Tony Bennett. So you can, when you think about that, you can understand how shocking Elvis was. And when we look at him through that narrow lens of sex, drugs, and rock and roll, it really isn't enough. And and one of my goals with this book, certainly, was to humanize Elvis. Because I do think all these years later, especially with the younger generations, he's this recognizable image. Everybody knows him, you know, by image and first name alone, but they don't know enough about him, and they don't know enough about his music, and they don't know how he culturally shifted literally the world. So I think by exploring this layer of humanity, humanizing him, explaining his demise, um, his fall from grace, so to speak, I-, I think that only helps his legacy.
1: Are you you are absolutely convinced that he he did die, he did pass
3: away? I am absolutely convinced of that, yes. And again, you know, uh it's it's one of those things that is just sort of a disservice to his legacy overall. You know, the constant Elvis sightings, right?
1: How did that, that not to get into it too much, but I think yeah. that, didn't that to initially just start I thought there was a woman in, in Michigan that claimed she used to see him in a grocery store and it, it just started from that and then it just took off from that. That's yeah, what I, I think remember. It,
3: I think- I think it was a Burger King actually in California, Michigan.
1: okay, yeah
3: <laughs> and yeah, it made national news, right and And then it kind of started to happen repeatedly over time. Um, I think part of that is due to the impersonation that Elvis has. You know, what other artist has the level of impersonation that Elvis has right. with all the there's I think forty fifty thousand Elvis tribute artists in the world. Wow like, that's an astronomical number. yeah, um and I, I think that's a that's probably an aspect of it, too, right.
1: I like that you also uh, point out in the book that you you, you feel in your research, you're of the opinion he did not die from a drug overdose.
3: No, I believe that would have been a slow coma-like death, and his death was very quick. It was a heart-related episode. Uh, I explain in the book what I believe brought on that um, heart episode, that cardiac arrhythmia. And again, when you look at his mother dying at 46, an uncle at 46, an uncle at 49, another uncle at 58, all liver, heart, you know, related issues, and you see these liver and heart related issues play out in Elvis, it stops being a coincidence. And we have to remember that all those other relatives, they didn't
1: live the rock and roll lifestyle that Elvis did. Right. Yet
3: they all passed at very similar ages.
1: Hmm, 42. Folks, again, the book, Elvis Destined to Die Young. The author Sally Hodell. Sally, congratulations on the book. Uh, it's well thought out. It's very well written. I can tell that it's not a typical author almost assigned. Th- this was, is the way I perceive it, a great passion of yours, and you seem determined to set the record straight on certain things about Elvis
3: absolutely and thank you for all that it was a passion project for me i am a, a journalist and a writer but a lifelong elvis fan and i always say i'm lucky my childhood had a soundtrack because my dad played records and you know i've been an elvis fan for a long time pieces together and it just made sense i had to share it
1: make henry oil your oil provider this winter give them a call today call henry oil 401-521-0200 401 521 0200 Henry Oil, serving most Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass, automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing, you can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today 401-521-0200. Reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. Fuel fuel oil, diesel, gasoline delivery, residential and commercial, it's Henry Oil. Give them a call since 1947, you can depend on henry oil call them today make henry oil your oil provider 401-521-0200 401-521-0200 remember online at henryoil.com go with the original go with the best it's henry oil you're listening to The John DePetro Show, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, last week we did an interview with a local doctor, and we got such a tremendous reaction, and he's uh, very generous to uh, provide us with more of his time. I want to welcome back to the program, it is Dr. Andrew Bostom. Doctor, again, thank you for joining us. Uh, it was tremendous. What a tremendous reception we received from your appearance last week. So if you'd be so kind, I'd like to kind of check in with you and get a feel from where you think we are right now with this new variant and we're, everything that the state is doing or should be doing.
0: Right. Yeah. I I um I, I, I think I think right before the holiday, John, we'll see if there's if there's a big uptick with all the gatherings, you know, during during um Christmas uh, and, and and New Year's, but but we'll have some indication by by tomorrow at least for for the Christmas phase of the holiday. Um, it, we were actually looking at a plateau, right as we went into the holiday, which was reassuring and um, was quite quite similar to what happened last year around Christmas. You know, the, the the infections last year in a different in a different state. You know, less less natural infection, obviously no vaccination really to speak of. And um, we really had seen the peak of infections for for what was at the time um, the alpha wave uh, uh, and the original Wuhan strain um, before Christmas. And it took a while to come down, but it, but it was really it was really pla- it had really reached its peak and was on 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 its way to plateauing in terms of of, of infections. There's always a little lag with hospitalizations and deaths. Um, and you know, I'm just cautiously optimistic. That maybe we're going to see the same thing. Omicron is causing obviously a significant amount of infection, um, but it's clearly the data are in from South Africa, and we're getting some confirmatory data from from Europe that this is clearly a uh, a, a milder variant. It, it, it's it's causing less uh, more morbidity and, and way less mortality. Um, and again, some of that is the virus itself, uh, which seems to have mutated, you know, mercifully to a less virulent uh, strain um but and then, of course also the impact of of uh, of the measures we've taken um particularly um you know vaccinating some of the high risk populations and and the impact of natural immunity um i, I, I did just wanna uh talk a little bit though john about Go ahead. um an analysis that um has been ongoing really um th- thank thank uh- very much thanks to to my local representative mike chippendale yes. who has been very dogged about getting um, monthly uh, updates um, since July. So um, I had shared a paper with Mike that was very, very provocative from Israel. They're, they've always been ahead of us, both in terms of vaccination and in terms of when the waves have hit. Huh. And they did an analysis of their uh, initial um, Delta wave uh, after uh, a lot of vaccination had taken place in Israel uh, and a time had lagged to allow for some of the impact that we're now seeing, unfortunately, of this uh, vaccine waning. And comparing that to, to to natural immunity acquired, you know, earlier in, in in Israel, and the data were quite striking and showed that um, the the impact of natural uh, infection relative to vaccination uh, was was highly was highly uh, significantly advantageous. In other words, um, when they looked at um, did a whole series of analysis from a huge, uh, a huge um, HMO database in Israel. Uh, it was the Maccabi HMO. Uh, Israel is basically divided up into, I think, three large HMO groups. It's essentially a socialized uh, system, um, and and so they looked they looked at uh, outcomes uh, that were evaluated between June first and August fourteenth, um, and they uh, were able to adjust for age and comorbidities. Uh, and they employed uh, different different models to look at uh, compare the previously infected without who had not been vaccinated with with vaccinated individuals. And they, were, they were able to match for 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 time uh, and uh, a time of follow up, and what they found was striking. John, and in, and in, in this is why I got so interested in you know what what we might be able to look at in Rhode Island. Um, so, in with the first model, this very tightly matched model showed that there was a 13-fold increased risk for asymptomatic infection, uh, a 27-fold greater risk for clinical infection, and an 8-fold increased risk for hospitalization, comparing those who were fully vaccinated but had no history of prior infection to those who were not vaccinated but did have a history of prior infection. Um, and, and these were these were rather striking data, and they persisted even when they didn't match for the times uh, of first a uh, first event, whether that was a vac- you know vaccination or or infection. So, in other words, you could go all the way back to people that had been infected as far back as the beginning of two thousand and twenty, and now just look at this period um, during the Delta wave. So, obviously, the people who were vaccinated, um, you know, were vaccinated much more recently, and despite this time disadvantage for those with prior infection. The fully uh, vaccinated remained at sixfold increased risk uh, for for having asymptomatic infections, just testing positive, sevenfold greater risk for having real symptomatic infections, and almost sevenfold increased risk for hospitalization. Um, and this, and 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 then they were able to look at people who had been vaccinated, had also had an infection, and obviously those overall. Uh, did the best in terms of infection, but they but they didn't do any better than people who had not been vaccinated, but also previously infected. Hmm. Uh, in in terms of In terms of the clinical outcomes, hospitalizations, and deaths. So, with this as a background, uh, I I asked Mike if if he could get similar data from the Department of Health. Obviously, not as granular, not as detailed, not all the comorbidities. It's all deidentified. You know, you really. You know, I, I don't know what it would take, probably a lot more than just uh, an assemblyman request, uh, a state a state uh, representative right. requesting. Sure. You'd, you'd probably have to go a formal APRA route, and, and it would take a long time to, to sort mm. of get uh, a, a, this kind of database that, that you have from Israeli HMO. But at any rate, Mike began to get every month, so Jul- we have now July, August, September, October, November – uh, spreadsheets, which would which would break down the infections, hospitalizations, and deaths, not only like the way the state likes to present it, like RIDO presents it, fully vaccinated versus not fully vaccinated, but within each of those groups, breaking it down, so the fully vaccinated with no prior infection versus the fully vaccinated with prior infection, the not fully vaccinated with no prior infection versus the, versus the not fully vaccinated with a history of prior infection. And what jumped out at me, and I tabulated, and I put it up. I put up a very detailed blog at my blog. It's just um, uh, it's just my name, www.andrewboston.org. Yep. Um, And I did a little quick summary of it on Twitter at Andrew Boston, and and it's really striking, John. So if you if you look at at just the the summary results from that that simple that simple kind of, uh, of of breakdown. Um, first of all just looking at the raw percentages the fully vaccinated over this five-month period and and it's basically the delta way you can see the you can see the you know the department of health has a nice graphic which shows you um when the different variants have taken over and 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 come in you know predominate so if you look at the period that we we analyzed july to november it's very clear it's 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 basically it's basically all delta um, and, and if you if you if you look at uh, at, at at just raw percentages of, wh- of which which populations accounted for what percentage of infections of hospitalizations and deaths, um, the fully vaccinated accounted for thirty eight point three percent of COVID infections during this five month period, thirty one percent of of COVID uh, hospitalizations and almost 45% of covid deaths during this july to november uh, delta wave. But of course John you have to you have to be able to come up with you know all epidemiologists always want to know rightfully what the denominator is. So I had to make some estimates. Like what are these populations? Like how many people, you know, are fully vaccinated? How many people are not fully vaccinated? How many people have a history of prior infection? So I walked through in the blog how I did that. But basically it's 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 quite striking um so at the time i just took the midpoint of this entire period i used the date of september 15th and i said um what what are the what are the what are the estimates that you can come up with for the for the numbers in those three groups again fully vaccinated not fully vaccinated and then regardless of vaccination people that had a prior infection uh, infection at some point during the course of the pandemic um and and these are very large numbers How for each of them so it's about it's about 691,000 people. Wow, that had been fully vaccinated by that time. Huh. Uh, about about 405,000 that had not remained not fully vaccinated. But the most striking thing, and this comes from an estimate that's provided by a CDC-sponsored website that's run by by you know epidemiologists from Harvard, Stanford, and Yale. What they projected as of as of September 15th. That if you look at the you know if you look at this U.S. Census estimate for, for Rhode Island's population, 56% of the population had been infected by then. So that's about 614,000 people wow. that had a history of prior infection. So now the denominator become workable, and you can express everything uh, per hundred thousand. So I just I just calculated some crude rates, and I'll, I'll I'll go through them quickly, and then and then I was able to, using something called the rate ratio to to compare. Um, I was most interested in, in comparing those with a prior infection, regardless yep. of vaccination status, to those who were fully vaccinated. In other words, that becomes the reference group, those who are fully vaccinated but had no history of prior infection. But if you just look at the crude rates, for example, for infections, uh, there was there was 2,140 per 100,000 in the fully vaccinated, no prior infection. Much higher rate in the not fully vaccinated, no prior infection, F- fifty-nine hundred and ten, so more than twice the rate hmm. uh, per hundred thousand. But only two hundred and seven per hundred thousand in those that had a prior infection, regardless of their vaccination status. And this theme plays through the more important clinical outcomes. Yep. So if you look at hospitalizations, fully vaccinated, no prior infection, um, eighty-four per hundred thousand in in the in the fully vaccinated, uh, not fully vaccinated. No prior infection, about almost four times as many, uh, 327 per 100,000. But if you go back again, look at prior infection, regardless of vaccination status, only 11 per 100,000. Uh, by the time you look at the deaths, and over this over this period, there were 192 deaths, uh, again, with or from COVID in, in Rhode Island during this five-month period. It's going to be higher this month. December is a bad month. It was a bad month last year. It's yep. going to be a bad month again this year. Right. Um, the rates per 100,000 were 12 for those that were fully vaccinated, no prior infection. Um, not fully vaccinated, no prior infection, 25. So 25 per 100,000. You know, more than twice as many versus 12 per hundred thousand, hmm. but only one per hundred thousand with the history of prior infection, regardless of vaccination status. Wow! Huh. And then I was able to calculate, you know, what are these? What are these risk ratios? These, what you know, this is this is always an important epidemiologic measure. And just just to just to just to cut to the chase, compared to the fully vaccinated. Now I'm just comparing the fully vaccinated with no prior infection to those um, who were previously infected regardless of whether they were vaccinated or not. So compared to the fully vaccinated, those previously infected had a 10.4-fold lower risk of infection, a 7.9-fold lower risk of hospitalization, oh. and a 12.3-fold reduced risk of COVID-19 mortality. And so my my bringing this to light with the help of Mike of, of Chippendale is, is – to you know, to these are, after all, John. These are the public's data. These right. are Rido's data. Data. Yep. They're giving them because of some pressure, frankly, exerted upon them to to, to Mike Trippendale each month. Hmm. They need to be. They need to be on the website yes. for the public to see. Right. In in, in, a, in a very simple way, just the way I, I tabulated them. Because what what is what is happening is that there's still a lot of hectoring of people about vaccination status, now including, you know, boosters, um, when when Rhode Island Department of Health possesses the data, which show that, wait a minute, you know, we, we I, by the way, this estimate, John, which was 56% of the state uh, having been infected at some point during the pandemic uh, by, by mid-September, the, as of Christmas, COVID Estim came up with their latest estimate on, for December 25th, it's up to seventy one percent.
1: Wow. So to ignore what's yeah. so more than two
0: thirds of the population uh, likely having been it had at least a, some sort of mild infection with with uh, with coronaviruses and, and it's gonna accelerate now with, with Omicron being, you know, so much like a, a, a true classic Cold-causing coronavirus,
1: hmm.
0: um, albeit it can still it can still harm people that are that are in, that are frail. There's no question about that either. Um, cause at least serious morbidity. Um, it, it it's it, to ignore this vast pool of the population, which which appears to have the the best protection. I mean, let's 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 just be frank about it. it the epidemiologic evidence is that these people actually have the best protection. Hmm. Is one other is one other study that. That came out um, that I found um, almost as striking as the Israeli study because this was a this was a U.S. study. Uh, there was a claims database um, that analyzed uh, records from over eight million uh, 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 claims in in something called Change Healthcare. It's it's a database that's that's overseen by the University of of, of Washington, Seattle, at least at least for investigative purposes, and they identified um, almost eighteen thousand fully vaccinated. Uh, patients with, with so-called breakthrough infections. So just looking at the breakthrough infections, which occurred between March 10th and October 4th, uh, 14th of 2021, and, and in this group of, of almost 18,000 persons with breakthrough infections uh, coming from this claims database, um, there were 1,121 COVID hospitalizations and 138 COVID deaths. Once again, they had, this is a very granular database. This is more like the Israeli database. This is not like the raw data given to uh, Mike Chippendale. They were able to look at not only a prior infection, but they were able to control for age, sex, and comorbidities. And what they found, once again, was that prior infection in this group of almost 18,000 persons with breakthrough infections conferred a two-fold lower risk for for, uh, uh, hospitalization and a fourfold lower risk for COVID mortality r- relative to no history of prior infection, you know, in the in the people that were having a breakthrough infection. Hmm. So 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 once again, in the vaccinated population itself, you, you're 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 operating kind of in the dark if you don't know whether or not they had a history of prior infection. Uh, likewise for those that are unvaccinated. So so to make these these sort of comparisons, but but. Between the unvaccinated or the not fully vaccinated and the fully vaccinated um, in kind of the hectoring way that we've become used to without knowing that whether or not they've had a history of prior infection um, is 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 not very informative, John.
1: Sure. Again. Right. And
0: and, and and this is critically important to get into the discourse. And it and it has it has social uh, as well as political implications because you're, you're seeing people who who felt that they had worked, healthcare workers that had worked through the, the early phases of the pandemic and That's not right. too early phases of the pandemic, right. you know, got infected at, at various times during one of the waves and, and were forced to give up their jobs because they felt that, that um, they didn't believe the vaccine was going to afford them any more protection. They had they had their own concerns, uh, safety concerns about the vaccine. It's it's a, it's a non-trivial issue. I I I think for certain pop- populations, but regardless, they made their own risk-benefit calculation. They yep. were previously infected, and and they were summarily dismissed and hmm. fired. Yes, and, and and so I think it's it's very important to get this into the discussion. It's it's not it's not informative enough to just tell people. You know, it, you know, you're 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 putting yourself at risk purely on the basis of not being vaccinated, um without considering whether or not they've had a previous infection. Hmm. And, and and for those who are vaccinated, they're being afforded uh important additional protection because yes. of all the breakthroughs by having a history of prior infection.
1: Folks, again, we're speaking with Dr. Andrew Bostom. And Doctor, I won't keep it much longer, but how do you see the next week or two you you feel we haven't seen kind of the uptick uh surge from from christmas and so forth obviously it's early just yet but when when will this hit as far as just that i have several questions for you when will it hit on the numbers also what do you make of the fact that some people are saying you know this this is so contagious and and it's not as you said it's thank god it's not as lethal. It should then be measured on hospitalizations and deaths, not on number of just positive cases. I absolutely agree. So,
3: yeah. so I,
2: I I expect again with
0: people congregating and 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 you know, John, I don't know my experience. You know, I don't know if it matches your experience. I I can see people are kind of fed up with the restrictions. Yes, I, I saw I saw a lot of people, you know, much more than usual than, than previous you know uh, periods of of mask mandates with the mask below the nose. Yeah, uh, pe- people openly you know defying and not wearing masks. They're all in places where again you know you're supposed to be wearing masks. Um, so so and there's more mixing um I, i'm not a big believer as you know in, in, the, in the benefits of masks but there's clearly a lot more mis- mixing of, of people than 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 there's been you know in, in previous waves and so we might see and, and omicron's infectious so we might see a spike in, in in infections but but the immunity that's accumulated in the population yep. vaccine related a natural immunity um, it, it, even even when it doesn't prevent infections, and that's clearly true with with the vaccine, um, it, it's it's it should be reducing morbidity. And we may see this we may see this disconnect between the rates of of infection and the rates of hospitalization and and death. But what muddies the water, and this is another big problem with the Department of Health and and with the CDC, is that the idea that you can classify anyone with a positive test uh, as being hospitalized for covid right and hospitalized for for and and, and god forbid dying from covid this this has to be rectified right because it's 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 made it almost impossible to tell what's really going on there was an investigative report in the uk uh from the daily mail reviewing records that, and they have, some, they have some fairly detailed records available in England. I don't know why they don't publicize it enough. But apparently they, they are tracking and trying to separate with from. And it was up to two-thirds of the Omicron hospitalizations were incidental. They were testing positive, but they were not admitted for you know, an ammonia-like syndrome. Hmm. And we don't get those data from, from RIDO. Lots of people have asked. Perhaps the, the politicians have not asked firmly enough good because point it's long overdue yes that we get this information because that's what really matters who's 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 coming into the hospital because of covid and and specifically occupying a bed because they have a covid related pneumonia respiratory issue or you know what less frequently maybe a true you know myocarditis caused by by covid something that's clearly uh you know ideologically linked to covid rather than you know trauma with with a positive test some other medical problem that clearly where clearly covid is 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 just an incidental laboratory finding those really need to be separated to see what's truly going on but i'm cautiously optimistic you know just based on what we were seeing uh before christmas um that 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 maybe we were at least getting to to a plateau. There may be some hiccups and some burps, you know. Uh, uh, you know, again, with all the mixing during the holiday. But I'm just, you know, cautiously optimistic. You know, I, I'm also perfectly willing to be blown out of the water, and you'll have another rise, and you know. But but I mean, I obviously hope against that. Um, but there's, you know, there is a lot of unpredictability to this. But 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 clearly, you know, the weight of the evidence certainly suggests by now that Omicron is is less is less virulent, even if it even if it might be equally contagious, or some have argued slightly mm-hmm. more contagious. Um, and and the reservoir immu- in, of immunity in the population um, keeps growing, uh, so so that's working against you know really bad outcomes.
1: How does it enter the body? Is it different than the the delta or the you know? The... It's
0: all yeah. It's all it's all aerosols. It is. It's all aerosols. Yeah. There, yep. may, there may be you know John. There's always been a concern um, that there's a little bit. Dis- well, certainly you know not to be too gross about it there's there's a tremendous amount of, of virus shed in the stool and, oh. and that's why you could it, it is useful to monitor water supplies and, and sewage treatment supplies oh. and things like that um effluent um how much how contagious that is um, is is has never has never been that clear. Huh. There, there's probably some benefit to basic, you know, cleanliness, hand washing, and things like that. But it it, it clearly seems to be that the, the predominant mode of transmission is is micro aerosols. What
1: about handshakes or touching doorknobs and things like that?
0: Yeah, again, that 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 does not seem to be surfaces. Do not seem to be okay. the main mode of of, of of trans of transmission.
1: Right, but when people are greeting each other, a holiday someone you know gives them the but, other
0: but, but, but that involves a lot of a lot of movement of, yes of, of air talking it doesn't yeah. just have to be sneezing and coughing and no. things like that that are obvious yeah
1: folks you again know. he is dr andrew boston doctor excellent as always we will talk to you again propane plus for heating and cooling call propane plus today in massachusetts 508 252-3359 in rhode island propane plus number 401 good for the environment and also now it's renewable online at propaneplus.com propane plus heating and cooling in massachusetts call the rehoboth office 508-252-3359 and in in rhode island 401-885-4209 you can depend on propane plus you're listening to the john DePetro show on am 1380 and 99.9 fm folks joining us right now as much as people think of the holidays and christmas and all the excitement and a new year that it could bring on uh people think that they should be happy it actually can uh there's people dealing with some very difficult feelings and there's been an epidemic of uh of grown men and middle-aged men taking their own life and dr rob who specializes in this and dr rob i think one of the first things is it's family members and maybe people see someone at a holiday party or just know of someone and they they want to reach out and and find out just how someone is is doing mentally during the holidays
4: yeah it's pretty common for some some people to be really distressed at this time and the most important thing you can do is to let somebody know you care just to say, hey, it seems like you're really struggling. Is there something I can help you with? Uh, would you like to talk about things? Um, let's sit down in a quiet place and, and just have some time together and, and try to see what's, what's happening here. Um, so that's, that's really important. Your expression of caring can restore hope to people who are feeling pretty hopeless sometimes. So very important.
1: And folks, this leads to this website that Dr. Rob's gonna direct people to. And we've been doing this now over several months. We're gonna continue it into the new year. And uh it's it's mantherapy.org. And Dr. Rob, you know, again, as I said, people see, oh, I, I should be happy and they see the lights in Christmas, but this time of year and a new year, it, it can emote uh bring up a lot of past memories. Uh, you know, people even refer to it as ghosts of Christmas past, we remembered when you were a child, and then you think of Maybe there are people that are no longer with us, and and for varying different reasons, it, it can actually be a very difficult time for people mentally.
4: It, it can be, and uh, middle-aged men particularly in general, are are very resistant to seeking help sometimes, and there's a certain stigma about going to see a therapist or going to even see your own doctor sometimes. Um, so one of the resources that people need to know about is this uh, web, website called mantherapy.org, or you can just anonymously go to the website and check out your own mental health status. There's what's called a 20-point head inspection that helps a guy figure out, am I just being stressed or are they really suffering from depression or, or some other mental uh, health challenge? Um, and there's lots of resources listed on there, too. It, it, in the first place, it's a very humorous uh, site with lots of funny videos, but there's also some really valuable resources available there, too. And, again, you don't have to face the stigma of uh, seeing somebody going into a a therapist's office or something. So just go to the website website of mantherapy.org and and check it out. It's really a lot of
1: value there. Folks, we're speaking with Dr. Rob. And Dr. Rob, not only that, but because there is a website and there's a link, people could either send it through text message. They could send an email. I received a nice email from this woman that hadn't seen a brother in a while, talked to him, did not sound good, did not sound like himself. And after our conversation, she, she just sent him the, the email. She didn't have to talk about it. She just sent him the email and the link. And then uh, and it, it turned out that, that there was something much deeper that's going on. So um, that is one portion of this. And Dr. Rob, you've also been so good and such a leader on leading people. People think about taking a CPR course. But there's even a course that people can take to look for warning signs when there's someone who has kind of lost their way.
4: Yeah, this course is called QPR, which stands for Question, Persuade, and Refer. And it basically teaches any, any adult citizen how to recognize that the warning signs that someone might be thinking about suicide. And then it uh, helps them to be able to ask the question directly uh, Are you thinking about taking your life? Or are you thinking about suicide? And then let me help persuading them to let you help them get some help, uh, just as a friend or a neighbor or a coworker not a professional, but just somebody who cares about them, and then to refer them appropriately. Uh, it's important to realize that not everybody who might be thinking about suicide needs to go to the emergency room. Not everybody needs 911 called. Uh, so this teaches you how to do this. It gives you some real tools. And as I said, how to recognize first and how to respond that someone may be thinking about suicide. It's been Studies have shown it really saves lives.
1: Folks, again, it's the website is mantherapy.org, and I want people to understand that this is the age group that this really focuses on is middle-aged men. There's been rampant. uh, It is an epidemic of uh, middle-aged men that have been taking their life. It doesn't have to be that way. So whether it's a spouse or a friend or a coworker, whoever it may be, mantherapy.org. We're going to continue our conversations with Dr. Rob into the new year. Doctor Rob, I want to thank you once again for your expertise, expertise, sensitivity in talking about it and dedication to it. You are literally saving lives. And thank you. Thank you for agreeing to continue our conversations.
4: Well, I am delighted to, John. I really appreciate all your support and helping this. It's the, I think it's a great service to the community, and thank you so much.
1: Brothers Disposal. Call Brothers Disposal today. Get a purple dumpster your driveway how do you know it's brother's disposal because it's a purple dumpster look for them on facebook and give them a call for an estimate 401-688-0517 get a dumpster in your driveway maybe you're cleaning out your basement your garage unwanted belongings maybe you just have some things in boxes that you've never taken out clean it out with brother's disposal they're also now offering weekly trash collection services call brother roland today at brother's disposal 401 401- six eight eight zero five one seven whether it's a small household construction project or you just need a dumpster to get rid of some and belongings call brother's disposal today come on brother call brother's disposal 401-688-0517 look for them on facebook brother's disposal get a dumpster in your driveway 401-688-0517 you're listening to the john dipetro show on am 1380 99.9 FM. Folks, remember, you can always listen online at our website, dePetro.com. Check out the website, dePetro.com. We have original, unique, exclusive stories, videos, content, all our links to social media Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. It's all right there. And that's also the best way to reach me. Log on at the website, dePetro.com, dePetro.com. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401-272-3340. Were you in an auto accident, someone damaged your vehicle? Folks, it can happen, whether it's people not paying attention, a drunk driver, people texting and driving. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401 272 Thirty-three forty. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Remember, with West Fountain Auto Body, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. Call them today. If you were in an accident, drunk driver, someone texting and driving, minor fender banner, even a nearly totaled vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body today. 401-272-3340. They'll handle everything for you. The original, the best, and the if you're in an accident and a tow truck pulls up, tell them, bring that car over to West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340, 401-272-3340, West Fountain Autobody, located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. They'll work for you, not the insurance company. If you're in an accident, call West Fountain today. Get it repaired, 401-272-3340. Well, remember, stop it and see Michael at the cbd store the cbd store and they're located 1845 post road in warwick they're right off of 95 right across from airport plaza stop it and see michael so knowledgeable at the cbd store what can they help you with well they can help everyone especially whether or not you're maybe you're fighting stress or anxiety this time of year all time of year everything we're going through maybe you have trouble sleeping or you're dealing with pain even seizure stop it and see michael And he'll help you all natural at the CBD store, 1845 Post Road in Warwick. You can also find them on Facebook. What they're also amazing about is they even have it for your pet. That's right, we started to give it to our dog, who's a little bit older, and it really helps his hind legs jump up onto the the deck. Folks, stop it and see them, the CBD store, and mention the John DePietro show, 25% off your first purchase. Stop and see them, The CBD Store in Warwick. Look for them on Facebook, 1845 Post Road in Warwick.